back to Batting Around. It's Batting Around. It's a baseball podcast. Uh, we're back for the second week of Major League Baseball regular season. I am your co-host, Jane Austen. With me, as always, is Lauren. I'm Lauren. That's Lauren. And Steven. Yo. Yo. It's going to be like really mailbag heavy this week's episode um, because we got a ton of questions and they kind of cover the whole range of stuff that's happening in Major League Baseball mm-hmm. this uh, this week, this last week. But first, we got a couple of other things that we can get into. First and foremost, we have what I think might be an existential threat to baseball podcasting mm-hmm. in general <laughs> happening. This is a very, very serious thing. To our podcast in particular. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Joe West is getting into podcasting. As we all know, Joe, Joe West is a very uh, litigious mm-hmm. man. And this is kind of, I feel like this is kind of like the eye of Sauron um, moving on to the world of baseball podcasts now that he's getting into it. You might not know this if you don't follow country music, but Joe West basically sued like all of Nashville uh, out of business once he got into uh, once he got into that. And now he's now he's trying his hand at podcasting. There might be only a couple weeks here of uh, left of baseball podcasting as we know it. Yeah, and and because he has a, a kick and rad uh, rock and roll country band, he's going to just have the best music of any podcast on earth immediately. Uh, I think our music is great. I really like our our intro music, but uh, we can't compete with uh, hard rockin' jam and country tunes. Yeah, made by a guy that looks like the Penguin. I think we're <laughs> fucked if that happens. Honestly, he's too he's too square to be the Penguin. <laughs> he looks like if the Penguin were were like a refrigerator <laughs> yeah no he's he's not really like one of the prime like rogues gallery characters more more of the pelican he's 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 like a one-off character from like the 60s era uh silver age era of, of batman where um his power is to just like uh get really angry and move things like six inches with his mind <laughs> like they they had to like really last minute come up with a uh a batman villain because like they they realize like oh no this one is like too cam he's like he's too gay for uh for like 60s batman so they had to come up with a new one and what do we get we get the umpire right yeah robin it's like robin's making his major his major league debut after playing in like the bat league or whatever we we are really worried about Joe getting into podcasting. We we do plan on having Charles on in the near future, and I have Venmoed him one dollar, so he is legally obligated to be our counsel on this. Um, so once Charles has had a little bit of time to process uh, the twenty twenty two Pirates, we're gonna get him on here to cry and weep about that. Uh, give him you know his venting time, and then ambush him with. Uh, questions about how we can legally uh, destroy Joe West while protecting ourselves from litigation. Yeah, uh, I've already gotten in touch with a couple of copyright attorneys. Uh, we're going to make sure everything on our end. We, we actually uh, were filing to patent the idea of a sports podcast. This is surprisingly yeah. not been done yet, but you can patent ideas like this. Yeah, we have the best patent trolls in the game on our side here. I can't wait. Um, it's going to be an exciting time for batting around mm-hmm. for sports podcasts in general. You know, all the ones that we don't really like they're going to be gone you know yep any anybody who or it was uh, it was competition to us gone you know so if if you're really thinking about it joe west's uh 
foray into podcasting is really just like a cleansing fire. Mm -hmm. That's a good way of looking on it, looking at it. Like, like Joe West uh, hitting record on a podcasting device. It's like activating the ring worlds in Halo. (laughs) You know, it's going to send out a pulse throughout the entire uh, sports podcasting Mm -hmm. worlds. Uh, and all of them will be will be cleansed to prevent anything else from from happening. The yeah. spread of a Joe S podcast. Everyone in John Boy Media will just be like uh, a shadow on the uh, a shadow of ash on the wall. I'm gonna be like that guy in Pompeii that was masturbating. <laughs> uh, and, and covered, you beat me. And you beat me by a half a second. <laughs> oh. I will be, I will be like the Pompey ghost that's just appalled with my co-hosts. Just yeah. <laughs> look of revulsion on my face as I'm turned to, uh. to turned to salt. All right. Well, we'll, we'll make sure to keep everybody updated on the uh, the latest happenings with the Joe West podcast um, as it gets closer to launch. And um, God forbid it, when it does launch, uh, we will we will make sure you're you're kept abreast mm-hmm. here. May May God have mercy on our souls. Yeah, really, for real. Um. I think we we can move on to our next segment here. Uh, really, really excited for this one. Steven, why don't you take it? Folks, we we have another series in Toronto. Um, <laughs> we need music for this. Yeah, really we, we got to get music for really, this. Really, really bad, um, yeah. Uh, the Oakland Athletics have played in Toronto. So we have players to be shamed later. And unlike last week, we have some names. All right. Hell yes. Open uh, up that spreadsheet, <clears throat> Stephen. What do we got? Austin Allen. Who is that? Don't don't know who that is. A catcher, I'm told. Okay. AJ Puck. Relief pitcher? Uh-huh. Yes. All right. Yeah, it sounds like a relief pitcher. Sure. Kirby Sneed. You're making these up. <laughs> yeah, that's an MLB The Show name. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the name of every MLB The Show character that I see on uh, Twitter, where everybody seems to be playing the shortest, fattest guy they can and putting him on the Dodgers. Like, um. Yeah, they're all named Kirby Sneed, and they all do the dumbest home run trot you've ever seen in your life. Oh, they do that little wiggle at the end when they get to, yes. the, get to home plate, yeah. Yes. I wasn't sure what order to read the names in, and I, I, I defaulted to alphabetical, and then when I looked at them alphabetically, oh no, this is a good joke. The- that was exactly correct. Yeah. yeah. No, your instincts were exactly correct. Yes. As a person who has followed the Oakland Athletics as their secondary team for like seven years, uh, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> uh, apparently, Kirby Seed came over from uh, the Toronto system. He played with there up through 2021. So what's going on there? Probably had to get him out of there. Maybe so. Well, yeah, they didn't. They didn't have their that regulation until November of last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, the, I, I've been I've been doing research on this, and one of the one of the articles that I was reading, when talking about you, like, oh yeah, all these teams are gonna have to leave players off the roster when they go to Canada, uh, and at the bottom it was like, this isn't necessarily a slam dunk advantage for toronto because they can't pursue unvaccinated players in trades and i guess that's true the, com- the comparative like advantage to disadvantage seems pretty significant at this point it's pretty significant yeah but for the for the a's 
I would argue <laughs> it all comes out in the wash anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody's targeting AJ Puck for as like a, a mid-season <clears throat> like desperate bullpen like booster move. Yeah. It really fucked over one guy who plays in a hundred-team fantasy league, so. <laughs> <laughs> right? An AL only league. Yeah. 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 So that is it for now, but... Got a homestand coming up. We've got a homestand and a half coming up, and oh boy, it's going to be fun, because it is the Red Sox, followed by the Astros, followed by the Yankees. Great. And I have a, I have a little appetizer for you all. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So we already have a name for the Red Sox. And they haven't even they haven't even had made any roster moves yet because they're not playing until next week. Uh, but Tanner Houck, I think that's I've right. Done, I, I've heard that name. I know that dude. Sure. Tanner Houck will not be playing in Toronto this season. <laughs> uh, and when Alex Cora was asked if he expected to be missing any other players, he said, "Quote, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> So stay tuned for next week for what what will be a very fun segment of players to be shamed later. Tanner Hawk was a starting pitcher. He's a young starting pitcher who's going to be facing arbitration soon. He's going to miss one start already if if this turns out to be true and if he is unvaccinated and he can't go to Toronto. He's already missing one start. Um uh when he's like going to start being paid very soon for how many starts he gets in over the course of a season. It's like how much more directly, like, injur- injurious to his bottom line can this get? Uh, especially if there's, like, more series in Toronto, which he plays in the AL East. There's probably going to be more oppor- miss- opp- opportunities for missed games if he doesn't just get the get the shot. Like, I, I don't... At what point do you do just, like, a significant chunk of difference in the ch- chunk of money you're going to make uh, add up? I, I don't get it. The Red Sox have two more uh, visits to Toronto this year. In addition to the one coming up. So he can miss up to three starts. For like a young guy who's probably not going to pitch more than like 150 innings. Who's never pitched more than 70 innings in the majors. Uh, it seems pretty significant. I don't know. Well, Lauren. He did say that it was a personal decision. Okay. And he re- and he neglected to make any further comments on it. Personally, I would rather make 180000 than 120000 or whatever in, in Arb 1. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah. that's just me well our one is way more than that um but yeah. anyway all right well that does it for a player to be shamed later um yeah we definitely have to get some some music for that uh i would be willing to I, i'm sure there's somebody in our discord that plays music that could write one and i would be willing to to throw them some bucks <laughs> for that absolutely um yeah we'll put out an open call here um we we can negotiate we can negotiate that if you're if you're willing to make a song for us starting starting price uh the retail cost of three big beers at your local ballpark (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah all right that's gonna wrap that up and like i said earlier uh this is gonna be a mailbag heavy episode because we got a lot of great questions and they do encompass kind of all the stuff that's been happening in the league this Mm -hmm. week before we start off here i just want to i want to note that we got a lot of questions uh, from Yankees fans. And Yankees fans are very, very worried about where their team is going. Mm. Um, and if it's like like this first question here from at Crunchy Lemonade on Twitter, are the Yankees on track to shit the bed? Now, it's, it's only April, you know. 
some say that it's way too early to make any sort of inferences like this on what this is going to be like. But to Yankees fans and Yankees fans specifically, uh, I would like to just assure you that, yes, it's over. <laughs> Your team fucking sucks. Um, go and boo them at every chance you get. Throw shit on the field. Uh, give up. Bitch about them on Twitter all day, every day. It's done. Garrett Cole sucks. Overpaid. Uh, yeah, Josh Donaldson. Uh, you got fleeced on that trade. It's over. You're you're done. Uh, Aaron Judge. He will not play more than forty games this season. It's over. And and that is the official uh, betting around podcast party line that I will not publicly object to or uh, try to correct. Um, That's right. We are democratic. Uh, conf- <laughs> um, Democratic Confederalists here. We, we practice we, democratic consensus. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. We we stick to a party line and we do not publicly stray from it. And that's what that's what the party has decided. That said, outside of one rough start, outside of getting owned by one of the best pitchers in baseball, Garrett Cole is fine. I would not be yeah. worried about Garrett Cole right now if I were a Yankees fan. As far as I can tell, the peripherals look look fine. He's I think he's still going to be a great pitcher this year. Um, he. Rough start to the season, and I think there's some evidence historically he starts the season kind of slow. Uh, and Lu- Luis Severino seems to be back. That's fun. Luis Severino yeah, Cer- awesome. is a great pitcher uh, yeah. when he's on. Been waiting for that for years, really. Uh, so I, um, again, I, I party line is correct. Uh, Yankees are going to fall flat on their face and embarrass themselves, uh, but uh, also mm-hmm. quit bitching about Garrett Cole so much. Yeah, yeah, you fucking babies. Okay, let's get into a related question here talking about the uh the early season here uh, and when we can start making assumptions or how things have affected it uh from good friend of the show cooper lund in light of a shortened three week spring training how long do we need to wait before we can say if anyone is actually good or not i'm thinking memorial day like in a normal season things are weird through the end of april but now you have pitchers going through dead arm during games, which makes batters look better and pitching look worse. But batters are still figuring it out, so I don't know. Um, Cooper, thank you for the uh, insanely long question. Um, uh, I, I I love you, but uh, brevity, my dude. It's a great question. No, I actually it, it made me do some research and look into some kind of different um, different ways of looking at this. Uh, to his first point, uh, I believe uh from february 17 to april 1 last year the whole of spring training from pitchers and catchers report to uh end of spring training is 63 days uh mm-hmm. the 63 day deadline equivalent would be may 13 uh for, the, for this year right right for that same kind of like as soon as the lockout ended to uh when the season started uh so i think tacking on two weeks to that to kind of symbolize the start of the season uh, like the regular kind of rocky start to the season, I think uh, is like Memorial Day is not a bad uh, metric to, to, or not a bad kind of uh, gauge. I think you could even push like two weeks further out if you wanted to. But um, another way of looking at this, uh, I uh, would really recommend checking out the Fangraphs Library's article on sample size. Uh, there's this phenomenon that I did not s- super understand. I understand a little better now if I read through this after uh, reading the question. Um, but different statistics seem to stabilize at different amounts of plate appearance, uh, balls in play, and and so on. Um, as far as we can tell, and I, I don't think these are like cold hard facts. It's just like it seems like based on the data, uh, 
a lot of sets seem to start to stabilize at around 200-ish plate appearances, some more, some less. Like, strikeout rate seems to stabilize really pretty quickly, about 60 plate appearances. Mm -hmm. Uh, Walk rate, 120. Uh, Doubles, extra base hit rate, 1,600 plate appearances. Uh, Doubles and triples are weird. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, by 200 plate appearances, we should have a rough idea of, um, like, what kind of ground balls people are going to be hitting, what kind of fly ball rates people are going to be hitting at, what kind of home run rate people are going to be hitting at. Uh, Pitching side of the things, it's a little bit trickier. Um, There's some bigger numbers on there uh, for, like, balls in play. Um, But, um, yeah, for the balls in play stats, uh, we'll probably start seeing meaningful results at about 80 balls in play, um, which I think league leaders right now are about 30 to 50 at-bats. So about a two weeks to a month there. Um, similarly, yeah, I'd say at least two more weeks for hitters. Okay. I mean, yeah, it, you heard it. It's a classic Lauren actual good answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, sitting here like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. It, it is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I highly recommend looking. It's an older article. It's from 2010, but it's, <clears throat> it's really I, uh, a, a really interesting subject to think about. Uh, highly recommend. Definitely. Thank you for that very in-depth answer there, Lauren. Um, I think we're going to uh, shift a little bit to give Lauren uh, a break. Um, so we're going to go to at Nicole underscore green, who asks uh, top five thickest baseball players. Yeah, I'm no help here. This is all you guys. Yeah, this is me and um, Steven's domain. All right. Am I blanking on all other names? All right. Uh, Vogel- here, okay. Vogelbach? Yeah, Daniel Vogelbach, for um, sure. Albert Pujols. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alejandro Kirk. Right. Uh, uh, Williams Astadio. Oh fuck, Williams Astadio. Hold on. Uh huh. Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber is pretty thick. I think those are. I think those are my five. Hmm. Are any of those? Did you list just list a single catcher? After last week, I, I would have thought Alejandro Kirk. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. If he's if he is still a catcher. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I guess it's G-Man kind of. G Man Choi. Mm-hmm. G yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, G Man Choi. Uh. uh yeah, a, a pretty thick one. Um, also, uh, sneaky thick, uh, Hyunjin Ryu as well. Mm. He's a big boy. There's So there's there's like uh, seven of them for you there, Nicole. Delicious. <laughs> Mwah. Love the beefy boys. G-Man Choi is also having a great start to the season. Like a, That's awesome. He is. Yeah, Love him. he's got um, like a 324 WRC plus right now. He's... Um, uh, slu- uh, 864 plug. slugging percentage is fantastic awesome i somehow awesome. ended up in three fantasy baseball leagues um Lord. and my primary modus operandi for drafting was this guy's hot <laughs> um and i forgot for the first week that i had any of them and today i remembered and just checked and i won all of my matchups. <laughs> so beefy hot dudes is the way you, that you should be drafting your your fantasy baseball teams. Awesome. This, yeah, there yeah. might be something there. Kind of makes uh, G- sense. <clears throat> yeah. uh, G-Man Choi has been uh, super helping me out in that regard. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, okay. Next one here at J-Ho-Ho's on twitter 
can the Rockies sustain this or are we setting ourselves up to be disappointed? Um, I did respond to this on Twitter uh, with LOL. (laughs) Um, But what do we think here? Uh, They're at least going to sustain it for another series because they're going to beat the piss out of the Phillies. (laughs) Your your Phillies uh, pessimism has set in at this point. Listen, (laughs) it is Phillies realism. We're not quite there yet. I am not stressing about the start so far. Yeah, they they lose a four game series to the Marlins every year. So that's just like, oh, cool. Get it out of the way early. Um, And I know very clearly that every time they go to Coors Field, they get the shit beat out of them. So (laughs) uh, congratulations, Rockies, on your upcoming series win. I, I would like to then second Jane's LOL. All right. uh, oh, um, yeah. Uh, my only response to this is that I I don't think uh, CJ Crone can maintain a thirty five percent. I don't think he can maintain a thirty five percent home run to fly ball ratio. No, I don't think that's possible. I did watch him for a season when he was with the Twins, and uh, no, I can confirm that that is not going to happen. No, and I like CJ Crone. I think he's he's better than um, a lot of the industry thinks, but I do not think he is a career uh, two hundred WRC plus player. Okay. South Park Kid 4. Angels are in first place, but Mike Trout got hit on the hand. What other monkey paw trade-offs are the Angels going to see this year? I have one for this. The biblical Angel City Connect jerseys are going to be fire. Literally. Yeah. Tra- trade-off, trade-off, literal fire. Anyone who gazes upon them consumed by holy fire. <laughs> Perfect. Love, um, that. Acting like, Love that. Acting like monkey's paw trade-offs for the Angels is new, I think is... Um, missing the point because that's literally the only way they operate oh we got shohei otani mike trout's out for two years mm-hmm. oh hey we have both yeah. shohei otani and mike trout oh we're still a 500 team <laughs> yeah oh anthony rendon oh he's fucked yeah. uh great no no Syndergaard is on our team and he's, he's pitching well but he doesn't have uh, a mascot to fuck <laughs> <laughs> excuse you a mascot to cuck yes well yes. both mrs met i think yeah, both yeah yeah miss yeah and yeah and Richard's wife. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah. We, we need to talk to him at some point and figure out what's going on with that. Uh, Reese Glennon, ideas for new all-star break shenanigans like the Bunt Derby, Wiffle Ball. Um, and I'm just going to say to Reese, we have talked about this extensively. I think we even have an episode um, titled something like We Save the All-Star uh, Game. Mm-hmm. So you can go check that out. Yeah. The summary of it, I think... Um, m- we had a bunch of great ideas in there. My favorite is still that I think about this all the time is that, that they should just host one game in a giant green 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 screen warehouse and project the dimensions, project an old timey baseball stadium on there that's since been destroyed. And uh, yeah, we need a danger room for baseball. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And do the all star yeah. game there. So like they can have the game at like the polo grounds or something with like the crazy yeah. dimensions. That'd be fun. Danger room baseball would be fucking sick. <laughs> Broke. Move the A's to Vegas. Woke, keep the A's in Oakland. Bespoke, move the A's back in time to <laughs> 1930s Philadelphia. No, what we're proposing here is we're, we're putting the, the the A's in the Matrix. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right, my third Augustine. What justice will be delivered on Dave Roberts for pulling Kershaw on 80 pitches with a perfect game going? No, it was the right move. Yeah, it was absolutely 100% the right move. And I don't just say that um, because it was at the expense of the twins that that was happening. Uh, he is an old man with a fucked up elbow on a shortened spring break. 
uh, yeah, coming <laughs> off an injury, uh, you know, on his what second, first or second start in the season. Yeah, that was absolutely the right thing to do. Um, I'm sure he would have liked to have gotten a perfect game, but I'm sure him and the Dodgers would probably rather have him uh, be able to pitch for more than, uh, you know, two more starts mm-hmm. before, um, it, you know, his, his arm falls off. Yeah, and he said as much after the game. He, he, he said, like, yeah, I would have loved to have done it, but I, I you know, I, I went in knowing my pitch count and my pitch limit uh, for this start, and he was very yeah. okay with it. Um, yeah. The Dodgers generally, I think, uh, don't have the starting uh, pitcher depth that they've had in previous years so him being as healthy as he can be and uh is really critical to um them them making it he's been very effective when he's uh not healthy the decline of kershaw is kind of overrated he's still a really good pitcher even if he's not mm-hmm. the best pitcher in baseball uh but if he's hurt if it's a back thing if it's an elbow thing if he doesn't get the innings in and if he's not ready for october it's like they're they're in serious trouble yeah, and you know what? He he has nothing to prove. He's going to be yeah. a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's one of the best pitchers of his generation, if not the best. So who cares? 100%. Uh, let's go to a, a, a pitcher on the other end of the age spectrum here. So Long Waits asks, what did you think of Mackenzie Gore's debut? Uh, none of us watched this in person. I watched a couple no. highlights, and I looked up some, uh, some stats from the game, and... Um, you know, not like an overwhelming, dominating performance, as far as I could tell. Um, not the like, you know, ten strikeout per nine kind of stats that you want. But it's a, you know, he's a young guy; it's his first time in a major league game. Uh, I've seen a lot of uh, first-time major league games that went a lot worse than five point one innings pitched. So, uh, yeah, you know, promising, optimistic. I'd, I'd really like to see him succeed. I'd really like to see some stability in the Padres uh, rotation, so I don't have to learn a bunch of prospect names every year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the video you shared with us prior to recording was very sexy of his of his strikeouts. That's a that's a perfect encapsulation of this podcast here. <laughs> uh, Lauren looking up uh, all these advanced stats, thinking about long term projections, what it means for uh, for an exciting young team, and Stephen being like, "Yeah, he was hot." Was, so it was, it was pretty. No, cool. no, no, no. The strikeouts were hot. Like the the performance was hot. Uh, I kind of the, the the third strikeout <laughs> was basically a change of right in the middle of the zone. So I don't know if I agree. <laughs> Well, I, I didn't. But it's a good changeup, you know. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> fine. <clears throat> <laughs> just agree to disagree. That's all. Uh, at camp meet, the Orioles take up the most space for purposely sucking, but the Pirates are right, <laughs> right there with them up Shit Creek and in the shit basement. Do you think they have a plan, or is this just wanting to be bad while collect while collecting revenue checks? Absolutely, the latter. Absolutely yes. the latter. Hundred thousand. The only reason yeah. the only reason the Orioles get talked about more than the Pirates is because the Orioles play the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Pirates play not <laughs> the, the Yankees and the Red Sox, the yeah. Cubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Or another yeah. Uh, another loser organization. Orioles are also like East Coast media market, a lot closer to uh uh bigger cities. They've tied it with the Nats uh, in, in terms of the financial economics of their uh video deal. <laughs> So they get more Pittsburgh coverage. Pittsburgh is located yeah. in the second circle of hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, I, 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 it's so weird that like the Pirates are are never good. They, they the only reason they went to the playoffs last time was because they lucked into like a prime Andrew McCutcheon, uh, kicking ass yeah. and taking names for a couple of years. Uh, I don't see anybody on their roster right now or any of the prospects right now who are who are going to do that. I just don't. And even if they did, I, I just don't see anybody around them. 
that's good enough to make it make it work. Uh, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to give Pirates fans a couple years of uh, contention, but even if it did, they're not going to spend to support it. They're not going to spend to advance it. So it'll just be until the two or three guys that carry them over the line from a mediocre club to a, a good, uh, a slightly better than mediocre club uh, are, are gone and the window's closed again forever uh, or until the next like miracle happens. Um, Orioles, I, I think, historically have had errors of spending a little bit more, not in any, not in my recent memory, but, you know, historically. Um, but I think either one of those teams, I think, essentially needs to change ownership before you can really expect them to run anything closer to a, like a, a middle of the MLB payroll. Yeah, what incentive is there for them to change right now? None. There's absolutely none. The Orioles were just like last week or two weeks ago, whatever, bragging about how they just got like you know billions of dollars uh, from <laughs> from the government, uh, and how they're just now instituting analytics in their scouting and just like a like a bunch of just shamefully out of date shit. It's really like they're 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 not trying. They they just blatantly aren't trying. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for them to do to do so. Yeah, the, the um, Orioles have yeah. everything set up. The Orioles have benefited more from their tanking draft picks. Uh, that's just luck of the draw. I think I don't think you can point to their analytics department or scouting department and say like they really did a lot better. They just got better first round picks and better years, I guess. At Yoda Nobunaga, how do you make Miguel Sano good again? <laughs> um, I've been watching this guy for seven years. Uh, he's the, currently the first baseman on the Minnesota Twins. Uh, been watching him for a very long time. He's a very highly touted prospect. Uh. I don't think there's really a way. I don't. I don't know what they can do about him. They've they've done just about everything they can with that guy. You know, move him over to first. Maybe that will maybe that will help a little bit. Try him in the outfield. He's dog shit. Uh, he, you like they sent him down to single A at one point in the, in the recent past. Like, I don't think there's very much you can do. The guys. I mean, the guys just gonna strike out all the time. That's that's how he works Mm -hmm. um people will always get mad at him for that uh he does draw a lot of walks but like he just has problems hitting uh breaking balls and sometimes fastballs um (laughs) you know there's there's we talk you know people talk about streaky players where um and he really is an exemplar of that kind of like when eddie rosario is on the team but he can carry a team like we saw for like a month last year but yeah, I don't think there's really much much to do about Miguel Sano. I think that's just it's just who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I I looked at some of the. I have not watched a ton of Miguel. Um, I've not watched a ton of him in in person or on TV, uh, but I did look into the numbers a little bit. I tried to kind of figure out what's going on. He's 28. Uh, he should be hitting the the ball harder than he ever has before, or ever will again, and uh, he, he he's still hitting the ball really hard. Is uh, average exit velocity and hard hit rate are still pretty elite. Um, so far this year, they're not, but it's very small sample size. I look mostly at 2021 and 2019, the year where he was at his best performance. Um, mm-hmm. uh, soft contact percentage started going up. Launch angle went up. Um, chase rate went down fairly significantly from like 70% to like 55%. Uh, yeah. That's concerning. Uh, but really, like Jane said, like he just after 2019 just stopped being able to hit sliders. It seems, and that's huge. Slider usage is is up way more than ever. Yeah, and it keeps going up more and more every single year. Yeah. Um, 
the guy has gotten into much better shape, <laughs> you know, in pre than he was in previous years. But I just don't think there's really much more you can do about Miguel Sano, mm -hmm. to be honest. I, I, They've tried everything. Yeah. I actually meant to ask you because I, I noticed. Um, uh, it, 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 has, has he become like more of an all fields hitter, uh, or, or or actually did he used no. to be kind of a pull guy, uh, or um, because uh, I I, I kind of get the impression like he's getting shit. He's suffering pretty hard from the shift. Uh, does that track to you, or is I just misread the data? Yeah, there? that makes sense. That makes sense too. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. He pulls a lot. Yeah. That's what he does. I mean, he just. He tries to just put it into the upper deck in left field every time. Mm. That's what he does. Yeah. It works in 2019. Could work again. You never know. But <laughs> sure like... did. It sure did. But know. even in 2019, he had streaks where uh, where he wasn't hitting very well. He's a guy that everyone constantly bitches about uh, <laughs> as Twins fans. Um, people are always talking about how they want him gone. Um, even, you know, being like, just just bring up Kirilov, just put Larnack there, just do like blah, 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 all this stuff. It's like, yeah, but even those guys aren't hitting well either. <laughs> so like, what the fuck is the point of this? Yeah. I don't know. It's very stupid. Um, Twins fans are very, very dumb. I, I will say that. Um, okay. That's enough about Miguel Sano. Uh, not a good person either. So I don't care to talk about him much more and I can't wait for him to be gone. Yeah, I think he's a free agent after 2023. So you got this uh, season and I next. I think there's... I think uh, I think it's in, there's a team option after this year. Oh, okay. If I am not mistaken. Fingers crossed. Yep. Okay. All right. At male fag. It's our friend Dave. <laughs> uh, Christian Walker parentheses gay or Christian Walker parentheses baseball discuss. Uh, I. Uh, for, oh, go ahead. First off, do you do you both know uh, about both Christian Walkers? Oh yeah. I don't. Oh my who god! You don't know about who Christian, is Christian Walker. Christian Walker gay. <laughs> uh, Christian Walker Gay is the son of uh, former football player and current, I believe, Georgia uh, con congressional candidate Herschel Walker. Mm -hmm. um, he is a uh, a very very gay young man. Uh, I think he's like twenty one, twenty two. Um, he attends, I believe, UCLA. Uh, he is known for his front facing video cameras that he records from his car in the Starbucks drive through. <laughs> Um, where he um, very, very gaily uh, talks about the decline of Western masculinity, um, all the things Joe Biden is doing wrong, uh, all the horrible things transgender people are doing to this country. Um, and then he will roll down his window and give the most insane Starbucks order you've ever heard in your life <laughs> in a very weird sing-songy voice. Mm -hmm. um, I recommend to everybody to go go watch Christian Walker's videos. Uh, he is he is a genius grifter. Oh, honestly. I've I've you, seen this guy. Yes, I was. Gonna yeah. say, I bet you have absolutely seen him. Um, I do personally think that he is secretly trans. Uh, this is not a, a popular <laughs> sort of thing to say to like guess people if they're trans or not. But fuck it, I don't care. Um, I I do think he is. Um, you may also remember him from the incident where he complained about uh, getting harassment, air quotes, harassment and uh, at UCLA because people were posting on message, the internal message, how much they didn't like him. Yeah, like uh, everybody but him in one of his classes started a group chat without him to complain about him. <laughs> uh, which like, and, sorry, dude, the school can't make you popular. Yeah. And hey, 
that's free speech, Christian. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, you can't go to UCLA and then be like, mods? Mods? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then Christian Walker baseball, I don't know, first baseman for the... Uh, Diamondbacks. For the, for the Diamondbacks yeah. and the, the post-Goldschmidt era. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the replacement level guy, kind of, uh, I guess. Yeah, he... Uh, A little better than that. He had, like... I, I have long felt some level of sympathy for Christian Walker because being, like, the... the triple a double a prospect not like almost non-prospect behind paul goldschmidt <laughs> is yeah. one of the hardest jobs in baseball um that really is that's brutal yeah yeah so he didn't get called up until like m- mid to late 20s and uh i i really like that he held his own uh for a couple seasons uh one one tend to be plus kind of guy like you know he's a very good defensive first baseman yeah that's that's really cool yeah but he's he struggled last year he's um having a rough start to this season so um Hard to see what his future in baseball will be. He's 31 now. But I, I like seeing him, you know, get a sustained run at, at the major league level. And I know nothing about his personal life, his personal politics, um, but uh, there's a decent chance they're better than Christian Walker, parentheses, gay. <laughs> which yeah. is which is crazy I for do, a baseball player. I do quite love that. <laughs> he could be just yeah. as right wing, but he's less, still less annoying. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's certainly less annoying. And I think, I think the... Baseball players are almost all right wing, but the reasons for being right wing are often they're dumb. They don't think about politics Mm -hmm. and they just go with whatever their wives or their families or their communities, which are almost always religious and white and suburban for white baseball players. Uh, So they probably like are right wing, but don't really have very strong convictions about that they're just mm-hmm. kind of like yeah uh they don't they really don't have the time what's going on right now they don't, uh, i'm gonna yeah. go hit this ball like they, a million miles they don't really have the time or energy to care about politics that much mm-hmm. uh they're, they're just liking tweets that they see as it comes across their feed by the crazy by the goofy algorithm or whatever christian walker is is right wing on purpose to annoy people and it become famous for being annoying yeah and it's working he annoys me it's deeply. working great yeah, it's working great. Yeah, he annoys me to an extent that I would rather have, uh, I would rather hang out with Christian Walker, professional athlete, which, ugh, uh, yeah. than Christian that's a, Walker, that's a, that's homosexual. That's a real roll of the dice, yeah. 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 Okay. All right, what do we got here next? Let's do Jesse J. Another topic that we've, that we've kind of, we've hit on a lot in the past, but let's see about this particular one. Jesse J on the Discord asks, "What food item that isn't currently served in novelty baseball helmets would be improved by serve it, by being served in novelty baseball helmets?" Bond- it doesn't have to be ballpark food. Fondue. Mm. Okay, sure. Soup in general, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like, just like a giant helmet of chili. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it would be yeah. actually fun is if you had like an electric walk and the walk part like was a big baseball helmet. So you could just like make up some stir fries in a giant baseball helmet. Ooh. That'd be fun. Yeah. And then rinse it out. Go two for four with a walk. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Play some softball. It'd be great. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, bu- 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 Speaking of uh, weird shit at stadiums, uh, let's go with Nostrafake. 
He has two questions. They have two questions here. But uh, let's start with the first one. I've taken up scoring games and was wondering if any of you do it or is it insufferable nerd shit? Uh, I don't do it regularly. I have done it in the past. And I'll occasionally yeah, have to keep score at my softball games when our main scorekeeper has to take an at-bat. Um, it's yeah. very fun. And it's a great way to stay focused on the game. Yeah, I 100%. I really want to try this out sometime. Mm-hmm. Um especially because of my wildly out of control ADHD, I th- I would really yep. relish in the opportunity to have something forcing me to pay attention to mm-hmm. at a level that I simply don't. Fantastic way to not look at your phone. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have I actually told this to you whenever I told you my like ADHD coping thing for staying focused in the game with my fingers? No. No. You might really like this. Yeah. Um, I, I keep balls and strikes on my fingers. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I do. Um, uh, and I just like tap. I I, I hold my uh, fist closed at the start of an at bat, and then for the uh, first two strikes, I uh, uh, raise a finger. Um, usually, I do uh, pinky and uh, the one next to the pinky for the first two strikes. Then for uh, balls, I'll do middle finger, uh, pointer finger, and then uh, thumb for the last one. And I just, you know, I just keep my hand down at the side, at my side, and I'm just extending fingers one at a time. And it just, like, it makes it a lot easier to stay focused on a game that way. That rocks, actually. Interesting. There there are definitely times when I'm not trying to focus on a game. Like, a lot of the time I'll throw on a game, like, while I'm doing something else or while I'm, like, getting... One of my favorite things, I've already discussed this before, but one of my favorite things is in, like, the middle of the summer... When those West Coast games uh, are really getting getting hot and heavy, and I just I'll just throw one of those on, fall asleep to it. Love Absolutely, yeah. But but I do as much as I love half paying attention to a baseball game. I would really like to have more of those games where I'm more locked in, mm-hmm. and it's hard. To, the only way that I force myself, I don't have like a. A, a, a trick like that my trick is be very emotionally invested and then <laughs> i hyper focus on it mm-hmm. but if it's like if it's not something i'm heavily emotionally invested in, it's just not gonna happen so i'm gonna try that thank you yeah give it a shot that's fun yeah that's interesting and, and give scoring a try too because it is a lot of fun yeah i'm definitely i would love to do like a like a low attendance mm-hmm. like shitty team game like maybe like when i'm on vacation do like a day game at uh baltimore and take score there oh that sounds great that'd be really that'd be it's a great idea yeah although it, a really shitty team you might run is where you run into problems just because the more relief pitchers they use yes it gets mm. it can fill up the card so you want to mm. make sure like you have a good sheet going in with a lot of space to fill in and it um it just makes it does make things a little bit trickier in the in the like pitchers only throw three innings a start kind of era that we're in now. Right. Okay. Uh, no sir, fakes. Next question: If an ump saw a player doing steroids out in the parking lot, are they obligated to report that, or is their jurisdiction limited to what happens <laughs> on field? Um, I think that this might depend on. Uh, what state they're in because in texas that could be hormone therapy <laughs> technically and they would be legally obligated to report that as uh child abuse uh potentially so i think that that that, that might be the case but uh, outside of texas um or uh 
you know, maybe in, you know, minor leagues in Arkansas or Alabama yeah, or something. Half the, I don't know. half the South in the next couple months. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not sure here. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think some umps might, you know, perform a citizen's arrest, <laughs> take out their gun that uh, all umps carry <laughs> and, and perform a citizen's arrest potentially. But I don't know if I was an ump and I'm try even trying to get into like ump cop mindset. I would probably just be like, not my business. You know, <laughs> Too they, much they, they test. Yeah, they test her this. Fucking that is not my business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you see a guy putting some sticky stuff on the back of his hand, then you like s- sound the siren and flag him down. Because that is yeah. like. That's at that point, it's just like shoot to kill. Uh-huh. Even then, not on the field. Not my business. <laughs> not my jurisdiction. I, I don't think any of, I think most umpires are not that chill, unfortunately. I think real. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They do see themselves as cops. That's why they have mm-hmm. like a shield on their fucking Ump Union logo, <laughs> which is so funny. It's, it's so fucking funny. It's the funniest. Guardians right. of the game. Yeah. Uh, Bingen, my friend Bingen, any recommendation for books about ba- baseball, both fiction and nonfiction? Uh, yeah, I have a, a couple. I've recommended them before and I, I um, will recommend them again. Um, and, and, most of them are not the ones I have here are not like these are the books you'll find on the top 10 baseball list, uh, baseball book list for the most part. I really like ball four uh, by Jim Bouton. I think we talked about it when he died recently. Cause that's when I decided to read it for the first time. Uh, it's a great kind of, it, it really changed a lot of how baseball was perceived in the media uh, and by, by fans. Uh, it's a very honest behind the scenes. Look at um, uh, his time as a pitcher, uh, when he was uh, actually a knuckleballer, uh, it's it's older now. It's it's um, from the '60s, but I think it holds up. It's still really pretty sharp and funny. Um, there's also it had a really weird short-lived TV show that's very funny to watch, just because it's a weird old baseball TV show from the '60s. Oh, fun! If you can find, I think it's just the pilot out there. I think um, Summer '49, David Halberstam, um, Halberstam, uh, absolutely worth reading. Incredible writer. Uh, I also really like the Baseball 100 series uh, that was compiled into a book by Joe Posnanski. It's uh, they ran on the Athletic, but uh, if you're if you want something that's like shorter bites, bite-sized essays about different players from history that are I think very very well written in, in kind of an old old timey fun baseball writer style, I highly recommend. Uh, and cool. then the last one, I need to look up the author name because I just remembered I should mention it. Um, uh, let's see here. Sorry, one second. Uh, by Jennifer Ring, uh, Stolen Bases. Oh yeah, I have. Okay, Stolen Bases. I have read uh-huh. a baseball book. <laughs> I, <laughs> that is like that's like the one baseball mm-hmm. book I've ever read, actually. <laughs> yeah, Stolen Bases: Why American Girls Don't Play Baseball. It yeah, is. That one's great. It's a what? It's a great book. It's excellent reporting. It will make you more mad than you've ever been in your life. Hundred percent. Yeah. I think I have that in one of my lists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bing in, I I, I know you'll like that book. You should read Stolen Bases for sure. Yeah, highly recommend it. Totally changes your perception on a ton of stuff. And I think it's actually mm. more relevant than ever with all like the trans sports bands. Mm. Because for sure. it really kind of breaks down the, the, the myths about why women don't play baseball. And it's none of it is physiology. None of it is... Uh, Virtually none of it is physiology. It, it, it's, it's, it's all pipeline. It's all who gets mm-hmm. the opportunity to develop into a baseball player. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I have two. Um, <clears throat> uh, for fiction, uh, I 
in college, I read The Art of Fielding by Chad Harback um, about a college baseball pitcher who is like a phenom and he's great, but then he, er, is he a pitcher? I forget. Um, he's a shortstop, excuse me. Uh, because uh, he's he's great, and then he uh, he's a highly touted prospect, and then he gets the yips. Um, and it takes place in the fictional college in in Wisconsin, and there's also a gay subplot. So <laughs> it was right up my alley. I haven't read it in like a decade, so I don't know if it holds up, but uh, I did remember really liking it when I read it uh, back then. And then a more recent baseball book that I read uh, was The Great Baseball Revolt by Robert B. Ross about the nineteen or the 1890 uh, Players League that oh, formed yeah. when they when the players were like, fuck this, we're going to make our own <laughs> league, which rocks. And I think that they should do again. But, you know, learn something from the last time. Yeah. So uh, that was really interesting and fun. Also will piss you off but you know duh it's how it goes i think to um to shift gears a little bit we could also plug former guest of the show lewis's writing oh absolutely. Oh my god yeah. yes yeah uh if you want to go check out on twitter pigeon eyes that's eyes i-z-e uh pigeon eyes for uh friend of the show former guest lewis writes a lot of baseball fan fiction sort of stuff uh, which uh, might strike your interest if you are of a per- certain persuasion. Oh yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, definitely check out Lewis's work. It's fantastic. That reminds me, I did read a, I did read a like a steamy gay erotica, featuring baseball players. I cannot remember the fucking name of it though. Um, it was it was it was porn essentially with a plot, sure. but um, I was. <laughs> kind of taken aback by how well the baseball bits were described and it was like at least half of the book if not more than half of the book so it's just like a fun (laughs) like drama between a a veteran catcher and a and a like hot young hot shot pitcher so it was gay Bull Durham. Yeah, it was Durham. it was essentially gay Bull Sorry, Durham. Gayer Bull Durham. Gayer, gayer Bull Durham. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. It's it's yeah. Um fuck. No, it sounds great. Yeah. I have to find the title of that. You gotta give it to the slash the slash writers. They do their homework. They for sure. Dude, the I, I, I was curious about the author's like relationship to baseball, and I looked her up because it's always a her writing these extremely graphic gay porns. <laughs> um yeah. and she she apparently she said she said in her like little bio in the book like yeah i didn't really know anything about baseball until i started doing research for this book i'm like lady what (laughs) um i'll continue talking i'll find that okay uh at uh viola north uh my friend sam do any of you still read beat writers' game stories on a regular basis? I don't, even though those daily write-ups were a huge part of how I got into baseball as a kid. Is there still a place for baseball writing that's straight-up game reporting, or is it all about an- um, analysis now? Um, there are absolutely still beat writers mm-hmm. out there. Like, every major newspaper has them. Um, MLB.com has them. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I mean, there, there, there's still stories come up that on the athletic that do, that do it. Like, there's usually, you know, they might have an analysis guy and a more of a beat writer type of type of guy um, for any given team. But yeah, no, it still absolutely exists. I don't really read those very much anymore, though, to be honest, either. Uh, I so. yeah, I, I do read a fair amount still. Um, I th- I think the real problem here is like they're just newspapers aren't as central to our lives anymore as they once were like mm-hmm. there, yeah. just, there was always a new edition of the paper when we were gr- when i was growing up of, with our articles about you know uh what was going on with the home team um that is harder to find now and i think a lot of the analysis has become more like well what's going on in the clubhouse over the next couple over the last couple of days rather than like here's what happened at yesterday's game yeah uh, but i think that's an okay evolution for the most part i think there's still a lot of really good writing out there um some of the beat writers who who cover and still do some of that kind of um, almost every game or every couple games kind of writing um, are at the Athletic, which I subscribe to and, and really do like. Yeah. Um, uh, James uh, Fagan, the White Sox beat writer, Lindsey Adler, Yankees beat writer, Zach Buchanan, D-backs beat writer, Andy McCullough. I, I think he's kind of a bigger, broader uh, baseball writer there now, but all ones I really like. And um, at my last job where I had essentially – uh, zero real work to do. I've read them all constantly. Uh, current job, it's less so, but I still try to get on it there sometimes. Also, uh, shout out in front of the pod, Andrew Stoughton writes a really great yeah. sub stack uh, about the Hell Blue yeah. Jays. There's a free version and a paid version. The uh, free version, I, I check it all the time. And it's still a great way to follow what's going on with that team. Yeah, absolutely. I also just watch a lot more baseball than I used to. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. write, so I don't read as many of them. Like, I'll... I usually watch like at least a game a day. Mm-hmm. Like probably, probably like I'll 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 watch portions of like four baseball games uh, a day during the season here. So same. Um. Yeah. I'm I'm already consuming so much baseball content that like, yeah. I don't I don't know. I I don't feel the need to to read those mm-hmm. as much as well as all the shit I you know just kind of passively get from Twitter as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's... No. There's definitely still a good purpose to it. And there's a lot of good good writers out there doing it. If there's a particularly eventful game, I'll maybe seek something out. But otherwise, I'm just I'm allergic to reading. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, sixteen tabs open of things <laughs> I want to read that have been open for a very long time, and I will not mm-hmm. close them because I. What if I want to read them eventually? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So I, I have I have little capacity for day-by-day stuff like that but yeah i'll i'll seek out for certain games mm-hmm. yeah and, and and as the question um writer right writer posed it, it was a huge deal for me when i was growing up the uh to read the base baseball writing that was like a big part of what inspired me to love the sport and uh it does kind of bum me out that the, that form has changed a lot but i think also there's so much uh the overall quality of the writing is so much better um analytically that it's a trade-off i'm i'm pretty happy with yeah. Baseball writers no, are so fucking horrible at, at writing about like what actually makes a baseball player good. Right. There's like way more actual analysis that's really, really interesting these mm-hmm. days. And I still read a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. for sure. Um, it's just kind of that's been the trade off. It's like that's gotten better, so I read less of the the beat writer stuff. Mm-hmm. Although um, yeah, the, the game the game reports, you know. Yeah. Although I think at this point, all of those guys have have wised up and integrate that stuff into the writing as well. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Okay. Last question. Finally gone through so many fucking questions tonight which we're grateful um, for we're very grateful yes. for them thank you awesome thank you yeah, for you guys really came generating <laughs> our content this week uh at whitey underscore 83 which of you would perform best on the field while mic'd up and attempting to have a conversation with carl ravage <laughs> i think steven really yeah 
I, I think you've, you've got the best persona for like the, um, being able to both like do the thing you're doing on the field and also come up with intelligent answers. It's like one of the few things that ADHD is good for. Mm-hmm. I can segment my <laughs> attention span and my brain into two entirely separate things. I'm gonna I'm gonna say myself, and I'm gonna pivot into a classic. Um, what's Jane's new uh, hobby slash interest that's going on right now? So I recently got into this game called Squad, um, which is a uh, first-person shooter, kind of somewhere between Arma and Battlefield. Um, very heavy focus on communications, and uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing pretty good at it. I think I'm pretty good at staying on the radio and keeping keeping focused mm-hmm. on multiple tasks at once. Um, I can operate as a fire team leader in squad, so I think I can do that. I think I could handle having a conversation with Karl Ravitch as well. That that's a good um, point. Yeah, that might have the you know I'm not sure which one um, really simulates the horrors of war more, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I could do it. Is that referencing something more recent than the Joey Votto conversation? Did they do that again? I think it was just a Joey Votto thing. Okay. I haven't seen yeah. anything since. That Joey Votto conversation was beautiful, though. That was great. Yeah, he yeah, has been having fun. he has been having quite the season uh, on social media. Joey Votto has completely taken over social media. Instant, um, in like, the past yeah, weeks. instant killer Twitter follow. Yeah, yeah. absolutely killing yeah. it on Twitter, TikTok, Twitter, everywhere. He is just destroying everybody. Mad respect. I have I have tweet notifications set for my boyfriend, uh, for the Batten Around podcast account. And Joey Votto. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the podcast, right. the boyfriend, and the uh, the daydream boyfriend. Yes, very much. <laughs> I I have been thinking, I've been thinking pretty regularly since it occurred about uh, Joey Votto's thick knob. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for batting around this week. Uh, might as well leave on that note here uh, thank you so much for everybody for contributing questions and thank you for listening I've uh, been having a great time with the podcast this season so far uh, really looking forward to continuing this alright talk to you later everybody bye bye